0: i identified as a one initially which sure. seems insane now based on that based on the fact that i'm very materially responsible like i my friends my name's annie and my small group friends would call me planny because <laughs> Plan, <laughs> plan all of our social events, and I would plan our get, our going away for we go away every year, and yeah. um, always organizing the group and getting people back on track, and um, and then yeah, just like I always vote and I always pay my bills on time, and I. Mm-hmm. The minute I found out I was pregnant with my first son, I, my husband and I got a will drawn up and all these things. And um, so I was identifying with the behavior of a one, of, but my motivation for doing it was not that it was the right thing to do. It was that I was creating security.
1: The Story Enneagram Podcast. I'm Jim Gum, and I'm an Enneagram teacher and coach living in Kansas City. Today, we're going to consider what Annie, whom you heard in the opening, said about her confusion about what her type was and the clarity she gained by understanding her internal motivation. Enneagram type sixes are fascinating. The three subtypes create a number of lookalikes. Sprinkle that with a little bit of doubt and there can be a bunch of confusion around type 6. Have you ever met someone who never felt quite sure of their type? Today, we're going to listen to stories of type 6s in conversation to understand the three ways they show up in the world.
2: Here's how Casey describes his mindset. Yeah, I definitely agree with what they've been saying about, I mean, just risk management and just being the... Um, in-house pessimist for the, good of the group, because <laughs> um, <laughs> it. yeah, it's just when, it, when no one else is thinking through like all the things that could go wrong, like that has to be voiced, and you yeah. have to know what's coming. Like I, I am already seeing what's coming down the road, whether or not like that's going to happen or not, it's possible, mm-hmm. right. and so we need to know what the possibilities are so that we can get there. Yeah, and even though my. Like, my go-to thought isn't, like, I really want to get this thing done, but if somebody else comes to me and they're like, this is something I really want to do, like somebody like a 7 or a 3 or somebody that has a big dream, um, like, you have to, like, help them and get from a dream to reality. And right. that is something that is a gift, even though at times when administered poorly can come across yeah. a little bit more negatively.
1: Listen to how Andrea describes her feelings.
3: I always felt consistently inconsistent in my life, like I was indecisive about things. Why can't I land black and white, black or white on an issue? I always saw the gray. Um, I was a procrastinator, like nobody's
1: business. What do you think procrastination was about?
3: Uh, Fear, because if I would do something too early, then I would just keep looking at it, looking at it and overthink it. And so I really, I still, to this day, do my best work if I leave it to the last minute because I got to have that pressure. That's just always been me.
1: Both Casey and Andrea identify their ability to see down the road and anticipate obstacles. They aren't overly optimistic. However, sixes don't see themselves as pessimists either. They view themselves as realists. Here are some possible things that could actually happen. How do sixes deal with uncertainty? They anticipate and they prepare. Sixes are thinking it's much better to be prepared instead of surprised. Annie describes how this mindset transfers over to her relationships with other people.
0: But I think too, like, and this is kind of a a joke about sixes that they they think they have this like impeccable, like BS detector. I don't want to cruise. Mm, yeah. You. And But the thing is, it's funny because you do, but you also don't, you know, so it is a strength in a way that you're constantly like kind of scanning people. Mm. I feel like I have a pretty good ability to read Mm -hmm. people, to read their energy, to understand, like, I don't know, kind of see between, read between the lines. And, and I can, I mean, I feel like I can, I can detect really subtle shifts in people. And I think that's a that's a big strength, because um, I can also do that for myself in a lot of ways, too. Yeah. But on the flip side is thinking you can do that and that you know what's going on. They loathe, uh, you know, inauthenticity and mm-hmm. flattery of all kinds. I mean, that, nothing sends me, like, ee! more than a compliment, honestly. Like, that's the thing that I'm like, what do you want?
1: Some sixes report scanning the room the parking lot, or the plane to make sure the situation's safe. They'll ask, doesn't everybody do that? The answer, no, they don't. And this brings us to the passion of fear, the core emotion of the head center and of the six in particular. Our fears start in our head. Have you ever been carried away in the middle of the night by a disturbing thought? A good friend calls it his gerbil wheel. And once that thing gets spinning, it's often very hard to stop. Here's how Casey describes how he experiences fear.
2: I had like always like a pit in my stomach, just like churning, kind of. Um, When did you first notice that? Oh, uh, yeah, childhood at some point. Yeah, some some instance. Like even just super simple things, like asking for permission to do something, asking for a new pair of socks. (laughs) like really basic things that like I work up in my mind and then it's just like oh my gosh to actually say this like I can't I just couldn't do that Mm -hmm. and same thing like with things at work this week like I'm so nervous to like confront this or to do this project or to do this that like it hurts and I'm nervous the whole day Mm -hmm. and I physically just feel like oh my gosh and um my heart's racing and like it's Mm -hmm. kind of disorienting and it makes me incapable of thinking straight and like hearing people and understanding things, I'm just like in another yeah. um, realm a little bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that can come and go in waves. Sometimes it's not that bad, but when I'm not on top of it, it definitely is very powerful.
1: And here's Annie again.
0: Um, I think this is obvious, but the anxiety, mm-hmm. like being just, yeah, such a driving force and almost like You get so used to it that if you don't feel it, you create it. Mm. Oh. like
1: if you are feeling peaceful, it's unsettling.
0: Yeah, because I mean, that's your norm, that's your baseline. So, I I don't know. That takes a lot of energy that I wish that it didn't.
1: Casey said that the anxiety was so overwhelming that he couldn't think clearly. Annie said that you get so used to the fear that if you don't feel it, you create it. For a six, feeling relaxed may awaken the sneaking suspicion that you must be missing something. So, how do type sixes handle their fear? We learned in biology that there's an inborn fight-or-flight response. Do I act aggressively or run away? There's also another response when those options aren't viable. We freeze. For a type six, it depends on which instinct is dominating. Annie was confused about finding her type because she had multiple responses to fear. At times, she would withdraw. At other times, she would assert herself. Check out this
0: story. I love the phrase that I I don't remember where I read this, but that sixes, they don't wanna be um, in charge, but they don't want to be controlled. And that is, like, the story of my life. (laughs) So, like, just skirting control, I just, my whole life, you know, just kind of testing the boundaries. I just remembered, you know, at a very early age, like, my, and this is something I remembered recently, too, like, probably 12 years old, my mom was inside talking on the phone, and I just went outside, and I don't know why, but I just, I got the car keys, and I drove the car on the block. (laughs) And then I parked it, and I went inside. And I, I still don't really even know <laughs> why I did that, but I really think it was just this, I don't know. And it's just bizarre to think back, to look back after... Re, after realized, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but, like, I just went right for yeah. it. I was yeah. like, I, I'm going to do it.
1: In contrast, here's how Casey talks about learning about his motivations.
2: I think it was hard for me to know I was a six. I thought I was a two for a while, because... Mm-hmm. Um, partially, I think, because I didn't want to be the one typing myself. It seemed easier for, like, other people to tell me what I was. But by doing that, I other people were telling me kind of the, the visible parts of myself. And so a lot of that might have looked like a two, like being helpful or looking out for other people or being sensitive to people's needs or things like that. But it wasn't until I got in touch with, I guess, the motivation for a six, which would be more about just security and yeah. why, why am i so attentive to other people why am i trying to help people and like meet their needs and things is it because is, like what is the actual reason there what's going yeah. on behind the scenes and realizing that it's so that i can feel secure so the more relationships i have or more people that see me as somebody that is a friend or yeah. somebody that they're close to then then that's better for me as bad as that sounds sometimes i think that was kind of the breaking point for me just realizing the difference between what was going on outside of myself versus inside of myself. This is what can be confusing about type sixes. The fear may be running
1: the show on the inside, but what you see on the outside doesn't really match. 12-year-old Annie did something rash by taking the car out for a spin. It's more of a fight response. The safety's found in action. The counterphobic six is a lookalike of the eight. On the other hand, Casey thought he was a two because of being so attentive to others. That's more of a flight response. The strategy for safety is warm relationships. There's an army of protection. Annie shared in the opening another aspect of how she shows up that's more one-ish by being very responsible. Because of these strategies, type sixes are like three different types. One that looks like an eight, one that looks like a two, and another that looks like a one. Type 6's behavior can be a mix and are confusing until they see that they're all three manifestations of fear. We all experience fear. Ultimately, the 6 realizes that the fear, while keeping them safe, is limiting. They may be afraid to risk or trust or venture out into the unknown. Here's Annie again.
0: Yeah, I have to regularly check my reality against like, my experience against my my thought life, especially in relationships, I think. Like, if somebody does something that I'm kind of like, oh, what was that about, you know? And then I'll quickly go to, like, this possibility, like, these possibilities of, like, oh, you know, maybe they're not safe after all, and maybe, you know, maybe I should distance myself, you know, is usually the thing. So I have to stop and kind of back up from there and say, Mm -hmm. okay, what do I really know about this person? And, like, usually it doesn't align at all with Mm -hmm. this paranoid Um, fearful line of thinking. Mm -hmm.
1: Sixes can deal with projection. Imagine that you have a movie projector in your head playing out worst case scenarios all day long. Here's how it shows up in Casey's life. Not so much with people, but with plans.
2: My wife comes to me with great ideas and all the time just dreaming of all these plans we could (laughs) do. And before I even think about it, I say something negative Mm and I say something that shuts her down. And then, yeah, that's a bummer. It's not even like I'm wanting to think through it with her. I'm not. I'm wanting to plan it. It's just like this, like that doesn't work. No, like (laughs) that's not realistic at all. And so it's just a gut reaction that Mm. is not fun to be around. Mm. Casey realizes that it's a bummer to have this perspective
1: to consider what won't work before even exploring the possibilities of how it could work. I don't think the fear ever really goes away, but with awareness, you can start to work with it. Listen to how Annie describes her world opening up.
0: It's a good way for me to sort of I don't know, it's just helped me develop a lot of awareness about what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And if I find myself Mm -hmm. going down a a certain path of thinking, it's kind of like, oh, I'm doing that. I'm doing that thing I do. And that's possible, yes, but there are also all these other possibilities too and sort of recentering around that. Mm -hmm. um, It helps me to, I mean, the awareness and the validation, I think, for Mm -hmm. me, it's just, because I was so unconscious of my fear and like, Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it was, a, it was a, a really difficult gift for me
1: yeah. to realize mm-hmm. that. I use the tagline, where learning your type is just the beginning of a whole new story for a reason. I believe that the ultimate goal of working with the Enneagram isn't just to know or identify your type, but to transcend it. Listen to Andrea's experience from an anniversary trip.
3: We, was it, our, it was our 20th anniversary, we went to Crested Butte, Colorado, and so we loved to hike, so we were hiking, and this has played out a lot in our marriage, that he's more adventurous, like he goes to that adventurous side a yeah. lot easier than I do, because yeah. I'm going through, oh my gosh, we're going to die, we're going to get lost, and no one will ever find us, you know, <laughs> I'm going through all the scenarios, and so... A lot of times, if he'd say, hey, let's go explore this over here, I would say, no, I'm sorry. I can't, I'm not comfortable with that. I can't do that. And I'd list everything you know, about why we shouldn't. Yeah. And so on this particular trip, I thought, okay, I'm gonna trust him. Because wow. he was leading me into this unknown area that was totally off the beaten path and I'm looking down there's rocks and it's steep and you're going down to this river and so I'm just imagining us yeah. falling and and I was like I made the conscious choice I said okay I'm just going to trust him huh. and you know instead of telling him all the reasons why we shouldn't because then normally he'd be like okay that's fine I'm not going to push you let's go do something else but he took me on this hike off the beaten path that turned out to be just beautiful. And Mm. we got to see things that we wouldn't have seen if we had just stayed to the path that was laid out for all the hikers. Yeah. Um, And it was, it was just this beautiful thing. I thought, I'm so glad I didn't miss that.
1: I'm so glad I didn't miss that. I have a question for you. Imagine two people The first dives in headfirst and acts without a second thought. The second knows what dangers may lie ahead, is aware of the risk, but goes ahead and acts anyway. We'd usually consider the first person to be most courageous because of their bold action. I would propose that it's the second who has the most courage. They know the risk. They've counted the cost. In essence... Sixes are the most courageous of all the Enneagram types. They know what to fear. And yet, they still act. Thanks for listening to the Story Enneagram podcast today. If you or someone you know is a six and would like to explore your inner motivations and habits, you've come to the right place. Wouldn't it be great to understand the role fear plays in your life? Visit my website at storyenneagram.com. I offer solutions for the workplace and training sessions for businesses, schools, and nonprofits. I also offer personal coaching packages for individuals or couples. Drop me a line and let's explore what the Enneagram can do for you. Please subscribe to the Story Enneagram podcast. Share it with your friends and family. And if you're really feeling it, leave a rating in Apple Podcasts. I'd appreciate it. Our music is by Daniel Gum. You can hear his music on Spotify or wherever you get your music. And yes, we do have the same last name. That's it for this episode of the Story Enneagram podcast. Story Enneagram. We're learning your type, is just the beginning of a whole new story.